going to emphasize wonderful. And if you know Jesus, you, you can say an amen to He is wonderful. Amen? And we're going to talk about that as we give our Christmas message. The Bible says in Isaiah, the ninth chapter, verses 6 and 7, For to us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful and Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness and the increase of his government, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom and establish and upholding it with justice and righteousness from this time on forever and forever. Amen. Amen. We pray, Father, thank you so much for the precious little ones that blessed us, that worked so hard, that ministered so wonderfully. We thank you for their precious lives. And we ask you, Lord, to continue to surround them each and every day with your, with your love and with your protection. Guide them and steer them and use their lives to do wonderful things in the earth. And Lord, I pray for their parents that you would help them. Raising children is not always an easy thing. And Lord, I pray that you'd help every parent that's here today. That you'd give them wisdom for decisions and you would just give them the ability to be a good example to their children. Raise them up to know you and to love you and to serve you. I thank you, Lord, for all the adults that were so faithful in helping put together the beautiful music. Lord, bless them for their sacrifice, and I pray that you would just give them the desires of their heart. Now, Lord, speak to us as we open up the Word of God, as we meditate upon the thought of the wonder of our salvation and the wonderful gift we call Christmas. Help us to understand it and help us to receive it. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. The wonderful gift of Christmas. You know, in Bible times, names meant something. They, they had a meaning behind them. So Isaiah, he says, his name shall be called. And we talk about wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. In the New Testament, you remember when the angel spoke to Joseph and, and he said, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus means the Lord saves. And again, throughout the Bible, you can find literally hundreds of names and titles that refer to the Lord Jesus. And each one of them kind of has a dual revelation. One part of the name reveals who Jesus is. The other part reveals what he desires to be to you and to me. One writer put it like this, Each name that he bears is a blessing that he shares. And I pray this morning that you and I will allow him to be to us all that his name professes. Let's not limit our great God, but let's partake and enjoy the fullness of this great salvation in our wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ. 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah saw him coming, and he declares, For to us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. In verse 6, as a man he's born, and he shares in our human nature, though sinless he shared, in this human nature. But as God, He's given. He's given as heaven's gift to a lost world. Again, humanity, a child is born. Deity, a son is given. We notice that it says, Unto us the child is born. Unto us the son is given. God gives, but we must receive His gift. God 
reaches out with his grace and his mercy. But we have to respond and make it our own and respond to it with faith in him. We need to receive the gift of God and love the one that first loved us. Respond to the kindness and the compassion of the one and only Savior. Receive him and let your life be filled by him. Now we take note in our text that there's 2,000 years between a son is given and the government shall be. That means there's 2,000 years between Jesus' birth, his resurrection, and his return and his eternal reign. You see, before Jesus could take the government upon his shoulders, he would have to first take a cross upon his shoulders. Before he would be the King of kings and the Lord of lords that all would glory in, he had to take on human flesh and a Roman cross and mankind's sins and Golgotha's death. Before Jesus could wear the crown of glory as King of kings, he had to wear a shameful crown of thorns and give his life as a sacrifice for the sins of the entire world. Before he could truly be the lion of the tribe of Judah, he had to be the lowly lamb in Bethlehem's manger. For until our sins were paid for, his righteous government could not be established. And we that know the Lord, we rejoice over the resurrection. And we wait with great expectation for his return. And it will be a marvelous day when that happens. And we wait, oh, we wait. But the good news is, we don't have to wait until then to enjoy his reign in our hearts. And know his peace and his assurance and his salvation in our lives. You and I can turn the rule, that's what government means, the rule of our lives over to Christ. And when we do, all that is expressed in those powerful names can become ours in reality, in experience, and in personal relationship. He'll be your wonderful counselor. He'll guide your steps. He'll order your paths. He'll be there to give you advice. He'll be there to steer you on. He'll be your wonderful counselor. He'll be your mighty God. And the might of God can come into your life. And you can become a new creature. And you can have a new life. And you can become all that God's called you to be. A mighty God. He'll be your everlasting father. You'll have a father that you can talk to. You'll have a father that you can lean on. You'll have a father that you can draw near to and pour out your woes to. And receive the grace and comfort that only a father's hand can give. He'll be your prince of peace. And he'll fill your life with the peace that only God can give. The peace of forgiveness and the peace of assurance. Oh, what a God we serve. This morning as we look at the wonderful names, the names that Isaiah used, and this is a whole series, and we're simply going to take one name that he described and we're going to focus on wonderful. He'll call his name wonderful. And let us allow the reality of who he is to minister to our hearts this morning. And move us in our appreciation and our devotion to our King. As we sang, oh come, let us adore Him. Let's honor Him. Let's revere Him. Let's love Him. Let's cherish Him. For He is Christ the Lord. Two main thoughts this morning. Short thoughts. But listen, number one, He is wonderful. And number two, the gift He gives, the salvation He's given us is wonderful. And knowing that should impart into our lives that sense of wonder and awe. It should move us and bring us to a reverence and a rejoicing. 
Certainly celebration should be in the heart of every child of God. You know, if you've received Christ, then you know without a shadow of a doubt, Jesus is wonderful. Wonderful means amazing. It means astounding. Something we marvel at that gives us a sense of awe. Some people are bored with life. That's why they're trying to get high on this and they're trying to run with that, looking for this, looking for that. But when you get right with God and Jesus becomes Lord of all, you find something amazing. You find something wonderful. You find something with meaning and significance that makes life make sense and brings hope and purpose into every heart. The sense of awe ignites us when we know Christ. It stirs a person to wonder and to worship, to celebrate, to adore him. Christmas is a time of celebration and, and wonder and the wonder of it all is certainly a part of it. Think about it. That very first Christmas night, it was certainly full of celebration and wonder. Out there in the fields at night, the shepherds are visited by an angel. Luke's gospel, chapter 2, tells us an angel of the Lord appeared to those shepherds and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified at first. And I don't blame them. I would be too. Amen? But then the angel said these words. Don't be afraid. There's no need to fear. For I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. The gospel of Jesus Christ is for all people. The love of God is for all people. The salvation that comes only through Christ is for all people. That means you. It doesn't matter where you come from or what your last name is. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past or what you're guilty of right now. The precious blood of Jesus is more than enough to cleanse, to forgive, and to make you right with God. Oh, to all the people, the angel said, I bring some good news. What's that good news, angel? Today, in the town of David, a Savior, a Savior. Aren't you glad he didn't say a judge? Aren't you glad he didn't say one that's going to come and call you? A Savior has been born to you. He's Christ our Lord. I'm glad a Savior came because I needed a Savior. How about you? I needed one that could make a way where I could be right with God and clean and purified from my sin. And then the Bible says suddenly, after that glorious announcement, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with that angel, and they were praising God. That's the response of encountering God, praising God. And they're saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. The Christmas story, the reality of our salvation, the wonderful riches that we have in Christ, should produce a true sense of wonder in the heart of those that have received him. You know, it's said of the great evangelists of old, a guy, a guy by the name of Gypsy Smith, he was a gypsy, and he got saved. In the early 1900s, he had a powerful ministry in England and America holding crusades. But it was said of this Gypsy Smith, who at 87 years old, was still preaching the gospel with passion and enthusiasm. It was said of him, he never lost the wonder. I pray I never lose the wonder. He never lost the wonder. Salvation still moved him. The reality of eternal life, of sins forgiven, of a real place called heaven, of God's amazing grace, it still moved him. Does it move you? Oh, yeah. The thought that the Almighty God so loved him, chose him, rescued his life, the truth of his salvation, 
never stopped holding him and never stopped impressing him and constraining him and inspiring him and humbling him and overwhelming him. And I believe we can agree if we know God that Jesus Christ is wonderful. And knowing him and all that he's done and all that we possess because of him and all that is to come for those that truly believe, it should never cease to move us, to affect us, to direct us, and to stir our hearts. I don't know about you, but Jesus has been wonderful to me. When I think of the goodness of the Lord, I say thank you. When I think of how he saved me, I say thank you. When I think of how he's kept me, I say thank you. When I think of all the things he's brought me through and how he's been there when I didn't know what was going on. Oh, wonderful is the mercy and the kindness and the compassion of Jesus Christ. He is wonderful. The prophet said, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. And thou shalt call his name Wonderful. Now, true wonder is not just a passing emotion of some kind of shallow excitement. You find that in natural things. This type of wonder has a depth to it. There's a substance to it. You see, true wonder reaches right into the heart of a man. It reaches right into the mind. It captures you. It really it has an awakening power. It has an all-producing effect. It arrests us. It inspires us. Many of us can say we've never been the same since we've been apprehended by Jesus Christ. And the wonder and the amazement of the greatness of the love and mercy and compassion of God be personal and changing us. See, it produces an expression of admiration and worship. It brings forth and it produces in a life, a life of faith, a life of gratitude, a life of expectation. A life of reverence. And beyond depth, true wonder has a real value that it imparts into a life. It enriches a life. Never cheapens a life. Things of the world might give a quick, but then it cheapens ultimately. Might give a quick, but then it cheapens ultimately. But when one comes to Christ, they have a better life. Salvation exalts a life. Salvation honors a life. Salvation elevates and beautifies and makes whole a life. Dr. Wiersbe writes, Wonder is not cheap amusement that brings a smile to your face. It's an encounter with reality. It's an encounter with eternity with God. It brings an awe and a change, a change to our hearts, a change to our hopes, a change to our perspective, a change to our response to life. Jesus is wonderful. Let's briefly just expound on that thought. He's wonderful. He's amazing. And number one is incarnation. That simply means in his coming to earth as a human being. The invasion of heaven to rescue us from our sins. That's what Christmas is about. Wonderful. It captures your breath when you think of the reality of the Christmas story. He came and dwelt among us. Not an angel, not a prophet, not just a holy man, but God was in that manger. Wow. That's a sound, a wonder. That makes an amazement. God manifest in the flesh. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 3, Beyond all question, 
the mystery of godliness is great, he appeared in a body. Wow. Spoke the worlds into order. He appeared in the body. God the Son, he laid aside his glory. He submitted to the humiliation of becoming a man, ultimately dying on a criminal's cross. That's wonderful. The incarnation stirs us to wonder and the amazement of the greatness of God's grace and mercy that he would come and become like us so he could represent us and die for us and bring us to himself. You know, his life on earth was wonderful. Wonderful. Just talk about the the amazement, the awesomeness of the life of Jesus Christ. Consider his work. See him. He heals the sick. He delivers the captives. He raised the dead. He walked on the water. He fed the multitudes. When Jesus came to town, the lame walked. The blind could see. The deaf could hear. The fallen were lifted up. The rejected were received into the arms of God. And the lonely found a friend in Jesus Christ. And the lonely still find a friend in Jesus Christ. When he spoke, raging storms ceased and violent waves surrendered and laid down. And the response of his disciples, those closest to them, they were wonder and amazement. They said, what manner of man is this? We could tell them, couldn't we? Oh, we could tell them, disciples, no, 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 that's not just a man. That is the very King of kings and the Lord of lords. God incarnate, hell incarnate, deity, a wonderful Savior, a Redeemer, and a friend. Wonderful works of Jesus, powerful works of Jesus, mighty, compassionate works, and of course, His greatest work. Jesus said, I come to do the will of the works of Him who sent me. His greatest work. Is that it went to the cross and died as our substitute that you and I could be right with God and of our sins forgiven and have an assurance of heaven. Oh, Jesus, wonderful Jesus, considering his works, wonderful, moving, powerful, awe-inspiring, such grace. Consider his words. You know, it's said of Jesus that the people were amazed at his speech because no one else spoke like him. He spoke with such authority. He spoke with such power and revelation. They said, never a man spoke like him. He spoke and he spoke words of forgiveness, words of power, words of compassion, words of revelation, revealing to humankind the way to heaven and the way to God. He brought, his words brought healing to hurting lives, hope to suffering humanity, light, comfort, understanding to those that were darkened by religion that wasn't cutting it, and sinful lives that had so marred them. But his life and his words brought reality. The wonderful words of Jesus to the guilty said, I don't condemn thee, go and sin no more. And I'm so happy this morning that words of forgiveness and pardon are still found in Jesus Christ to the tired and to those weary, drained, exhausted by life. He said, come to me all that are weary and burned out, and I'll give you rest. And I thank God this morning that strength for the journey is still found in the burden bearer called Jesus Christ. To those that were fearful, those that were anxious, those that were battling and they were struggling, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God, you can trust in me. 
I'm the dependable one. I'm the faithful one. I'm the reliable one. I won't fail you. I won't forsake you. I won't run out on you. Trust in me. Oh, the words of Jesus. Wonderful words. To those that have felt like they were insignificant and rejected, overlooked by life. To those that maybe wanted to give up, don't give up. To those that have been so beat down and so burdened and so frustrated by life, they just wanted to give up, don't give up. God loves you, don't give up. God's got a good plan for you, don't give up. He knew you before you were and he's had a plan for your life every step of the way. And if you come to him, you'll begin to find that plan and walk in that destiny. To those that felt abandoned and abused and left out, he reminds them with his precious words, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And I chose you because I love you and I value you and I desire you and I have a purpose for you. And we that have found Christ, we have found out in Jesus Christ and him alone. A man or a woman can find significance and importance and purpose and meaning and identity. All found in Christ, the gift of God, the wonderful gift of heaven. And this Christmas, his words, still mending broken hearts, still encouraging lives that are on this journey. They're feeding us, they're teaching us, they're blessing us. They're bringing hope. They're bringing healing and comfort, direction, encouragement, peace and strength. He is wonderful in his works and in his words, and he is wonderful. In his salvation. The wonderful gift of salvation. That's the most wonderful thing of all. Now can I tell you a story? I mean I, it's, it's, I promise it has a point. I hope. But I'm going to tell you a story. It has a point. Christmas time was approaching. And a young man started to think about what he could get for his dad. He lived a few states away so he had to send him something. And I don't know, after you buy your dad gifts for about 30, 40 years, you kind of run out of ties or shirts. What are you going to get him, amen? He doesn't need anything. If he wants it, he goes out and buys it. So I'm trying to get it. All right. So he said, I don't know. <sighs> he wanted to get his dad something special. Something that would show him how much he loved him and he missed him and he valued him, etc. So he looked around and found something that he thought would be unique. Something unusual. I mean... Mom and mom's in heaven, dad's alone, and dad kind of liked animals, so he thought, well, you know what? There's an exotic parakeet. It's so unique, it spoke five languages. It could sing, I'm proud to be an American, standing on one foot. <laughs> Most unusual bird, he said, dad will like this. It'll be a conversation piece. He can tell his coffee buddies about it, so on and so forth. So he did that. He thought, well, dad would really like this. I mean, it costs a couple grand, but he says, it's all right. It's all right. So dad knows how much I love him. So dad really knows how I appreciate him. I don't mind spending the money. He thought for sure this most unique bird would show his father how much he loved him. Well, he purchased the bird, had it shipped to his father. Couldn't wait to hear dad's response. You know, when he gets someone something, he really thinks it's going to bless him. Really want to hear how dad liked this. So he calls dad on, on Christmas Day. Dad, did you get my gift? His father says, sure, I certainly did, son. Well, the boy says, Dad, well, how'd you like it? How'd you like it? He says, oh, I liked it a lot, he says. It was delicious. Tasted great. (laughs) What was that, quail, pheasant? What was that? That's pretty good. Well, Dad obviously missed the point, didn't he? He didn't understand the nature of the gift, so he he, he didn't respond properly to the gift comes to this Christmas gift, some don't understand it. 
I want you to understand the importance of Christ coming, God coming, becoming a man so he could identify with us and represent us to earn and purchase our salvation. That there's no other way to be saved, there's no other way to be forgiven, there's no other way to make heaven your home. But it's a gift and it's a free gift. He did it. He offers it. We have to receive it. Hmm. Someone says, now why again is this gift so wonderful? Why is it so important? Let me just very quickly. The gift of salvation, the wonderful gift of Jesus Christ is so great and so necessary because number one, it meets the greatest need. There's no greater need than this. You need a Savior. I need a Savior. Anyone here never sinned? If you never sinned, then you're okay. But if you sin, join the rest of us. You need a Savior. And there's only one that heaven accepts. That's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ. That's why God sent his son as a Savior. Number one, it meets the greatest need. And it costs the greatest price. That's why it's so wonderful. You know, all God had to do to create the world to speak, and there was the world. All he had to do to, to, to heal a leper is touch the leper, and he was healed. But in order to save you and I and get us forgiven for everything we've done, he had to go to a cross. He had to be rejected, abused. He had to be punished. He had to have the judgment of the Father upon him for our sins. This gift is so wonderful. This gift is so amazing. This gift is so great. It's necessary because we all need a Savior. It's awesome, great, amazing, because it costs the greatest price beyond our ability to really fathom. But God did it for you, and God did it for me. It meets the greatest need. It costs the greatest price. And hey, this gift brings the greatest and most lasting results. You could be sick today and God could heal you. And that would be wonderful and we'll give praise for that. But you know, sooner or later, you're going to die. This gift goes on forever. You know, God could, you know, straighten some things out on the job. That's great. But sooner or later, this gift brings the greatest, most lasting results. Only this gift, how wonderful it is. This gift brings eternal life. This gift makes a man or a woman right before the almighty God. Forgiveness of sins and assurance of heaven. That's why this gift and the giver is so wonderful. And that's why I want you to understand how wonderful it is and understand how important it is that you receive the gift of God. Nothing we can do but give him our lives and by faith receive what he's done for us. So I encourage you this morning as we close, receive heaven's gift. There's nothing else like it. There's nothing else that can give what it gives. And you can have it if you just come to Christ and give him your life. And now the others, so I know so many of you love God with all your heart. Let's relish heaven's gift. Let's never lose the wonder of this great salvation and all that God's done for us. Let it stir us each and every day. Let it put a joy in our hearts. Let it put a, a purpose in our steps. Amen?
Keep the joy and the wonder. Church, keep the excitement about your salvation. Never let it stop blessing you and moving you and humbling you. And now as we sing our final song and just adore our King. If someone's here today and you have a need, any need at all, maybe you're feeling sick in your body and you like prayer, you can come as we sing. And we'll anoint you with oil. We'll pray that God will heal you. Maybe you just need prayer. You're weary and you're tired. You're facing some things. And you'd like someone just to pray with you. Asking for God's help and God's wisdom. Well, as we begin to sing, you can come and someone will pray with you. But if you're here this morning and you've never made a personal commitment to Christ, no one can make it for you. Mama can't make it for you. Your spouse can't make it for you. God's done all for you. He offers it to you. But you've got to receive that. That's something personal that you have to do. So if anyone's here and you've never made that personal commitment to Jesus Christ, you've never received the wonderful gift of salvation and sins forgiven, you're invited to come. And someone will pray with you. No one will embarrass you. They'll just pray with you and help you to receive Christ and receive the wonderful gift of eternal life in heaven. Can you say amen? amen? Amen. Stand with me, please, as we close in prayer and then we open the altar. Oh, Lord, we love you, we love you, we love you. We love you, Lord. Help us to never lose the wonder. Help us to never lose the wonder and the excitement of our salvation. Father, we thank you for the great salvation you've given us, for the wonderful Savior that you have sent us, for all that have received you, Lord, for all that we've experienced, for all of us that have experienced this wonderful, life-changing blessing of Jesus. We say thank you. If anyone's here, Lord, who needs to know and experience salvation, please, Father, make it real to them. Make it real to them. Help them not to misinterpret Christmas. Help them not to misunderstand what really happened that night and why it happened and what it means to them. But help anyone within the sound of my voice understand the gospel and respond to it that they might receive the wonderful blessing that only Jesus gives. Now, Father, I pray if anyone's here today and needs a touch of your healing power, needs a touch of the comfort and the peace and the strength of God in their lives, Lord, touch them as they come in faith believing. Touch them by the prayer of the people of God, by the power of the Spirit. Touch them. Make yourself real and strong in their lives. Now, Heavenly Father, receive our praise. Lord Jesus, receive our adoration as we wonder and we worship and we give you the glory that you alone are deserving of. And all God's people said, let's sing this through one more time before you go. And if you need prayer, you're invited to come and someone will pray and we'll believe God together.